Hey everyone, welcome to the Wilson Health and Fitness Movement Podcast. My name is Austin Aycock, and I'm the owner of CrossFit Wilson. And on today's episode, we are doing part two of our question and answer series. Um, on our previous episode, we did part one. It went kind of long, so we extended it to a two-part series. So, what we did, we surveyed our members, asked them what kind of questions they might have for us. With that in mind, remember that these answers are based off of our experience with coaching others and what's worked well for them, and also what we've learned through just our own experience. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you got any more questions for us, uh, feel free to write it down on the whiteboard at the gym, or you can uh, direct message us on our Instagram page. All right, guys. So we got Ryan with us today. Um, Ryan is one of our coaches here at CrossFit Wilson. Ryan, glad you're here. Good to be here. Why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? All right. I'm Coach Ryan, uh, originally from Delaware, moved down to North Carolina here in 2017. Uh, started CrossFit right before 2018. Uh, fell in love and pursued coaching from there. Okay. Cool. Um, so. First question we got for you. How do I get rid of my fear of heavy back squats? So I'm assuming they might be plateaued and it's mostly because not strength, but their psychological mm -hmm. aspect of back squats. So maybe they go for that PR and they just, maybe they're just a little afraid of going down below parallel, uh, like we like to do out here, um, because it's heavier than they've ever felt. Right. So, what would be your suggestion for someone who's got that fear? Well, first off, I would uh, spend time practicing with heavy loads, whether that's just unracking the bar and getting used to setting your feet and bracing with something that's close to that PR weight or maybe even a little bit over it, just getting used to stabilizing and bracing under a heavy load. Because it's like you're saying, a lot of it's psychological. When you go to unrack that bar and you feel that weight coming down on your spine it can be a little it's a little scary a little unnerving so you're saying put up a bunch of weight on the barbell mm -hmm. on like a squat rack mm -hmm. assuming, and just pick it up off the rack stand it up not even squat it just hold it just, just hold it okay yeah. take some deep breaths gotcha i can see how that can help a little bit mm -hmm. yeah okay what yeah. else another thing uh would be box squats so setting up a whether it's a box jump on its side or one of the smaller steps we have here in the gym um, something around parallel or a little bit below parallel for your hips so you can practice sitting down to a target because a lot of the fear comes from basically dropping into a what seems like a bottomless hole and so having to practice going down to a target depth not relaxing on the box but basically hitting that target and then having that tell you it's time to come stand up the weight up Okay. What else you got? Uh, after box squats, I'd probably spend time with lighter loads, practicing how to bail correctly. That's okay. a good, uh, good tool to kind of have in your repertoire as far as um, you never want to go into a squat thinking you're going to fail, obviously, because that's psychological. But knowing that you have that uh, option in the back of your mind can maybe put some of the nerves at ease with a heavy back squat. So I, I know... We're, we're on this is more of a voice recording uh can you give us a description of what a good 
uh, safe bail looks like. Yeah. Or sounds like, excuse me. Yeah, yeah. In an ideal world, when you're down there uh, in the bottom of your squat, in the hole, you got your spine relatively upright, your chest is up, and you're going to try and push out, and your legs can't move the weight up. The whole just, earth is on your shoulders is what it feels like. Right, right. You just dump the bar off the back of your shoulders and shoot yourself forward so that you can get out of the way and let so the barbell crash get down. Get out of the way. Get That's out of the way, yeah. Okay. And dive forward. And so practicing that, you're saying, will increase confidence. For sure, yeah. Gotcha. Again, with lighter loads, so it's sense. safe. Um, Total sense. And then basically, again, just having that in the back of your mind as a go-to in case you fail. So it, let's say I'm pretty good at bailing. Uh, it, you know, I've seen some people use a spotter. Is yeah. that, that an option too? Would that, do you think that would help my fear if I just knew someone was back there to kind of help me just in case I get quote unquote squashed at the bottom of the hole? Absolutely. Yeah. I think okay. having a spotter would definitely be a good kind of uh, addition into the bailing technique. But the biggest thing with the spotter is make sure you and your spotter or spotters are on the same page. You need okay. to communicate well. You need to let them know like, hey, if I'm pushing for two seconds or a two count or something and I'm not moving, help me. Because okay. when you're under that much load, you're yeah. maybe not thinking about talking. And it's so much better to have somebody pull you back out of the hole and you right. get a no rep than you getting hurt or you dumping the weight on your spotter or something like that. So okay. communicate, have a game plan beforehand. And also make sure that the spotter knows what they're doing. Spotting a back squat is pretty uh, a big responsibility as well. Yeah, too, for sure. Yeah, I've, I've seen some some funny things happen <laughs> even here. Uh, nothing, no one got hurt, but yeah. just some yeah. ponytails got caught, you know, <laughs> things like that. Um, yeah, the one thing I like to say is when someone spotting me is uh, as soon as the barbell starts coming back down if i was going yeah. up and it starts coming back grab help <laughs> <laughs> i'm going down that's yeah. how i communicate last fire yeah okay so um i think those can definitely uh help with the fear of other uh your heavy back squats mm -hmm. now as far as the fear is concerned mm -hmm. it's you know it's, it's it's a lot in your head mm -hmm. right any tips you have of like self-talk before you go to get under the bar you've done all this stuff and if you what are you telling yourself before you go to pick that bar off the rack right i think uh part of squatting having a uh, mantra or ritual whether it's setting up your feet a certain way or always taking that one two step out of the rack or in your head like you're saying having a saying i mean i know uh shout out to clint goblin here but lightweight just yeah Treating every set, right, yeah, even from just the warm-up set with the bar all the way up to that PR weight, just moving like you would as if it was the lightest weight, so. Cool. Yeah. All right, so, next question. How do I get more flexible at overhead squats? Uh, this is definitely a great question that I think a lot of people uh, are kind of want the answer to. So, yeah. uh, what, do, what do you have for that? That's a great question. Uh well, first off, we would have to address where the mobility issue is coming from. Okay. Um, so we could take a top-down approach and basically look at the shoulders first and see if anything's tight there. Um, you know, sit with your back against the wall, sitting up straight, and see, can I even raise my arms up overhead um, and touch the wall without having to 
overextend my spine? Like, can I keep my back flat against the wall and reach my arms up straight overhead? Okay, so if I did that and mm-hmm. I couldn't uh, touch the wall with my hands, you're saying mm-hmm. that's probably, you know, there's an issue, not the only issue, but there's definitely an issue with my shoulder mobility. Right, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, and so incorporating that's more. That's cool test. Yeah, some work with PVC pass-throughs or foam rolling your lats, um, stuff like that that okay. would help loosen up the shoulder tissue. All right. And then next, I would probably want to address uh, the mid-back. The middle of your back the is called the thoracic spine. Right. And basically um, having inadequate ability to extend there and keep the chest tall. Like if you feel like you're crumpling forward during your overhead squat, you may need to, again, spend some time on a foam roller okay. and maybe have some additional load like a kettlebell or a barbell to help open you up over that foam roller. Gotcha. Um, and then from there, uh, we could address the hips and the knees. I mean, can you can you even air squat right? You know, right. let's let's take it back to the basics here. How do your how do your hips and knees look and feel on an air squat? Do an air squat in front of a mirror. Are my knees diving in? Do my hips feel tight? Um, and then from there, work on maybe having your arms out in front of you and doing some air squats and then arms overhead and doing some air squats. So before you even grab the barbell, can you do an air squat with your arms overhead? And then lastly, I'd probably want to look at the ankles and see like, hey, when I'm doing my overhead squat, am I coming up on my toes? Are my heels able to stay down? Are my feet collapsing inwards? There's a lot of different things to look at. But again, kind of having that top down approach of almost like a checklist so you can kind of address these mobility issues on your own. Okay. So let's say I'm in a class, mm-hmm. um, and I think there's I've seen a couple of different types, uh, most common types. You yeah. got uh, one where it's just it's virtually it's what seems impossible to keep my arms locked out, mm-hmm. uh, even with just a barbell. Right. Um, and then you got the person who, by the end of the workout, they say, and I think almost all of us can relate to this. They started to feel better, you know, by the end of the workout. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, it when I warm up for overhead squats, mm-hmm. the way I get better at overhead squats is to do overhead squats. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you think about that, that's basically what you're doing yeah. to get better at them. So, um, that, you know, does, do you feel like that's a good general prescription for someone? Uh, let's say they're, they're not very flexible overhead squats. You know, of course, you can narrow it down to some of the uh, smaller pieces like hips, knees, mm-hmm. ankles, shoulders. Um, but would you say that if someone were to just get into the overhead squat position with a PVC, that they could get better and more flexible at it? Absolutely, think? yeah. I mean, if if you can't overhead squat with a PVC pipe, foam rolling your lats probably isn't going to all of a sudden fix that. You okay. need to practice those positions and, uh, like you're saying, do it to improve it so okay so um if i can't do a real good overhead squat um and let's say maybe i'm coming up on my toes a lot or my elbows are bending really bad yeah as i reach you know the bottom of the hole um should i be adding weight to my barbell no okay i would always again master the pvc pipe master the empty barbell once you can move well with those loads then after those mechanics stay consistent with the light loads then let's gradually add some weight so i won't get better overhead squats 
by adding more weight. Absolutely not. No. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks for your insight. Yeah. All right, guys. So for this next question, I brought in Coach Amy Lee. Amy, glad you're here. Thanks, Austin. It's good to be here. Uh, why don't you tell the listeners just a little bit about yourself briefly? And I know you like to talk about yourself a lot. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, she doesn't at all. Um, but just tell us a little bit about you uh, when you started and you know your education maybe you got since you started. All right. Um, I started CrossFit here in Wilson uh, in 2013 and quickly got the bug. Um, shortly after that, I went to get my level one um, and started coaching here. I've since obtained my gymnastics um, training through CrossFit and also my level two. All right. So, being that um, you got some gymnastics background, this one uh, might go good with you. Uh, the question that our members want to know the answer to is, how in the world do I get better at double unders? Well, I don't know how much my gymnastics is going to help on that, but I can tell you from personal experience, and, and many of the people that were here when I started can vouch for this, I struggled with double-unders for a long time. Well, that's um, good. I think that's good for them to know. So, since then, you know, what, because I've seen you do, I know I've seen you do over 100 in a row. Maybe yes. once, maybe twice, but I know I've seen you do it. So, how did you go from struggling and I almost, I think I vaguely remember you throwing a rope, maybe? Maybe Maybe, maybe, maybe that was somebody else. <laughs> no, it was know. probably me. Um, um, I know Coach Pam will tell you I've thrown a rope a few times. Um, I, <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, let me just throw this out. We don't, uh, we don't, we don't, condone we don't that want behavior. you doing that here. Just right. <laughs> We've since grown from then, okay? All right. Go ahead. So um, how did you get to that point? A lot of different drills. Um, some of the biggest factors for me that helped me to get double unders is um, I got my own rope, um, figured out how to adjust the length of my rope appropriate for me. Okay. How did you go about doing that? Um, first off, one of just the basic things that you can try if you're using someone else's rope or if you come in here and you're not sure, um, I will usually, and I've seen a lot of people do this and it works pretty well. It's a rough guide, but it works well. You step on the rope with one foot and you want to bring the rope up to it's fully extended and kind of tight and it should come probably about mid chest on you um that's a good reference but okay. so that's like a starting point yes okay. and um also if you're really um really looking to i know a lot of people in here have gotten ropes from rx brand jump ropes rx smart gear um they have an app and a, a feature on their website where you can plug in your height and it will help you determine the length of rope that you need in inches. So that would be a, a good guide as well. Yeah. I, I remember doing that in the past. I've done that. Yeah. Okay. So um, once I get my rope, I get sized up or I find one in, in the gym that uh, is appropriate for my height. Then what? How do I get better at double unders? Um. The biggest thing for double unders is going to be consistency. So again, it goes back to that rope. You want to use the same rope all the time. Um, if you can come into the gym and pick the same one, if you find out you know something on that rope that you usually grab, so that you get the same one every time or set that that length every time. Don't hide it somewhere in a specific corner from everyone else, though. Is that that's right. Okay. That's right. If you're going to do that, you need to get it your own rope. And, rope. That's right. Keep it in your bag. Um, get your own and bring with you. Consistency is really important for double unders. Okay. Um, hand position. 
So a lot of people start off if they haven't jump roped in a while or they don't know that it'll be, um, they'll be moving their elbows a lot and they think it's more of an arm movement, but really jump roping has a lot to do with your wrist movement and it's more of a, a wrist flick or a wrist movement. Okay. Um, and also your wrist and your hands need to be down near your hip bones, um, slightly in front of your hips. Okay. So I know I have seen people where their arms really wide, like just, um, let's say you see someone doing double unders and they have an issue with keeping their arms close. Like you're saying my hips or my hands should be close to my hips. Uh, what's a drill? You got anything for, for folks that uh, might have an issue with that to kind of bring their arms in? Um, yeah, you can um, try holding uh, towels underneath, you know, get you a couple of the, the towels that we clean equipment with. You can tuck those under your um, armpits and try and hold those in there. And oh, then yeah. that's going to keep you from lifting your elbows out and make you, it's kind of going to initiate more of the movement in your wrist to get your jump rope started. You're going to have to initiate it with your wrist instead of your whole arm. Right. So I guess by keeping the towels in, you automatically kind of have to keep your arms close to you. Correct. That seems like it'll work. Correct. Um, now when people, let's say you can start to string a few together. By a few, I mean like maybe they do a double under and then they got to do a couple singles and maybe they can do another double under, but it's uh, not consistent. When they come in and do a workout, and I know I've seen this and I'm sure you have too, they immediately kind of result to doing the single unders. Now, what are your thoughts about that? I know how I feel about it, but <laughs> I want to know how you handle a situation like that. Well, probably most of the people in my classes in the evening can tell you how I feel about that too. But uh -huh. um, I encourage people to get out of your comfort zone. You're not going to get better at something until you really um, try it when you're under a little bit of stress or when you're under a little bit of a time crunch. So in a workout is a perfect time. Um, if you can do a few before the workout during warm-up or something like that, but you always go back to doing single unders in your workout, you're not going to get better at those double unders during that that workout so you've got to actually work on them in the workout um even it may be doing a scaled back number so yeah. say everybody else is doing 50 double unders in the workout maybe you only do 20 um but at least you're working on getting double unders in your workout um also you can substitute in maybe you do a rhythm and do two single unders and one double under um yeah. so you can still work on your double unders and it not take your whole workout but you're training your weakness. So you need to work on that weakness when you're struggling with it. Gotcha. Okay, so I know we kind of address the people that can do a few. Um, we'll kind of go to two opposite ends of the spectrum. Um, let's say you're pretty good at double unders. Um, you can consistently get maybe like 20 or so. Uh, and what's a good way of this? Like, it's usually around 20 to 25 where I always trip up. Um, what kind of advice would you have for somebody? Um, I would recommend definitely people can usually um, work on some of the growth skills. If you're out on the floor, if you have some big errors, it's really easy to pick up on those out, you know, away from things. But a lot of times if you can see yourself. Yeah. Um, put yourself in front of a mirror um, because you might not realize that around 20 when you start to get a little bit winded and tired mm -hmm. um, that your arms start to come up or maybe just your right arm comes up or maybe you start to pike jump or do a donkey kick um, or maybe you watch yourself and realize you haven't taken a breath yet. 
Um, but Why some, is my face so purple? I, so sometimes watching ourselves do something, um, we have mirrors in the gym. I recommend getting in front of the mirror ever so often and, and watching yourself to kind of pick up on things that you might be doing. Yeah, that, that I ended up, I can resonate with that. Uh, I got to a point, I've been in CrossFit for X amount of years and all of a sudden I just, that example I think was me, um, but I, I kept messing up around 30 double unders. I could not understand why. I got in the mirror and realized that my left arm was close to my hip, but my right arm was way out. So I was like, my rope was lopsided. But I didn't know that until I got in the mirror. So I think that's a great tip. Um, now, the other end of the spectrum, I've never done a double under in my life. Give me like one or two good tips you can give to that person that has, has never done a double under. Um, I, they're, and they're decent at single runners. What's, what, what's a couple tips you can give them to try to get their first double under? Um, I recommend working on a hip tap drill. Um, so I, I put them in front of the mirror, um, maybe, and make sure that they don't change anything about their jump. Mm -hmm. So if you're pretty good at single unders and your jump is nice and consistent, then it's time to work on the timing with your wrists and your rope. Um, there's two options, uh, a wrist using your hands to tap your hips. Yeah. So you would jump and tap twice. And I know it's hard to visualize that, um, over this, but I, you know, get with one of the coaches, we can all show you how to do that. Or you can also practice the timing. We have some jump rope handles in the gym that have a yellow ball on the end of them. You can also work on the timing with those. And when you feel like you can get those two spins for each jump there, then you can start trying to practice it with your rope. Yeah, that's good. Those are some good drills, especially for uh, timing because it's such a big piece. Um, the one thing I'll tell people is like, uh, They've done single runners and they're trying that maybe we're doing double runners in the warm up and we're trying to get them to attempt. I just tell them, I know it sounds silly, but it's super simple. I say, double the jump, double the speed of your rope. See what happens. And I honestly, like, probably, I won't say nine times out of ten, maybe seven times out of ten, they will usually get their first double runner, usually. Uh, but other than that, you know, it, it's just a matter of practice, it's a skill. Um, so just consistently practicing, yeah. not, not waiting till time for a workout right. and then I'm going to work on them. Yep. Um, you got to come in. Austin made me, you guys, I did not like him back when I was struggling with double unders, but he had me coming in doing double unders three and five days a week. Um, but I, I came in, that. I came in early and I would do, you know, a hundred double unders. I would go out back or away from everybody and, and do some double unders. Um, but I also started off by doing, you know, if I could do one double under, then I would do one double under and two singles. It's okay to mix it up until you can get to where you can actually string consecutive double unders. Well, anything else you want to add to that? I don't think so. I think so. that's enough to give people some stuff to work on. Um, yeah. hopefully, uh, here soon, um, we will have a lot more of a tutorial video, uh, Amy and myself will be putting together, um, and to kind of give you more of a visual, uh, visual kind of drills that you can do uh, to get better at double unders. But uh, the best thing to do is just get out there and start practicing. Well, thanks, Amy. Thank you. All right, guys. So we got a special guest. We got my wife, Meredith. Um, she is joining us for our next question. Hey, guys. We uh, just put Axel down, so I hope there's no background noises <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, we're trying to get this in while we can. Yeah. While there's not a screaming youngin. Yeah. Want to watch Puppy Dog Pals yeah. or something. <laughs> or eat. That might be funny to y'all, though, if y'all heard all that going on. <laughs> all right, so, question. What is a good progression to get better at handstand push-ups? So, I would it just, for those listening don't know what a handstand push-up is, real quick. Basically, you kick up on the wall into a handstand. You lower yourself down till your head touches the ground. And then you press back out. So I'm assuming someone or the people who asked this question, either they can't do one at all and want to know how they are able to do one for the first time, or they're just trying to get better at them. So maybe they have some issues, and we'll, we'll bring those issues up. So we'll start with, from scratch, I can't do a handstand push-up, Meredith. What do I do? Okay, so first I would... Um try to figure out where we are strength-wise, um, specifically for the shoulders. Can you do 10 unbroken push-ups? So push-ups are hard for anybody if you do them right, you know. Right. Your quads off the floor. That's right. All the standards that you make us do. Right. Um, <laughs> well, it makes you better. Yeah. If you can't do 10 unbroken push-ups, I would say let's work on your strength. Um, so ways to build shoulder strength would be strict shoulder presses with the barbell, um, seated dumbbell presses, so your legs are straight out in front of you, um, a dumbbell in each hand. Um, those are a couple of scaling options for a wad that has handstand push-ups, um, as well as the pike handstand push-up, you know. Um, but I think something with a barbell or with a weight you're gonna see a little bit more benefit um, building shoulder strength up so you can hold yourself upside down against the wall. Okay, so let's say I can do those push-ups. What, what's the next step? The next step I would say would be less practice getting upside down. So um, maybe if the wad has 20 handstand push-ups and 20 pull-ups, then you say to your coach, hey, I'm just gonna practice getting up against the wall. So you just practice kicking up against the wall and coming down 20 different times. And I don't think any any coach here at CrossFit Wilson would have a problem with you offering that. Yeah, that, definitely. Um, I think that's a good idea. Yeah, scaling option. Yeah. Okay, so let's say I do my next workout with just kicking up on the wall. Uh -huh. uh, then what would be the next step? So the next step in a handstand push-up is lowering yourself down into a headstand. So you lower yourself where your head touches the, the ground. Um, I use mats, so it's a little bit softer padding. Some people like to use an ab mat and two 25-pound plates on each side of the ab mat. That creates a level, a level ground. Um, or you can use just a mat on the floor since you're just practicing lowering yourself down. Um, so then do, you know, in that, that same wad, do 20 kick up kick ups against the wall and then lower yourself onto your head. Gotcha. Okay. So next workout, that's what I do. Uh -huh. I lower myself down, practice that. Then what? Then um, I think this might be the missing piece for a lot of people. So you obviously have the strength to do one. Um, you can kick up and hold yourself against the wall. You feel comfortable even lowering yourself down to the floor, um, but you can't you can't kick up or you know press yourself out to the top of the rip. 
Um, so it's not a one-size-fits-all, in my opinion. Um, so I would say grab your coach. Like, yeah. you want to get better, so ask for help, you know. Yeah. Say, hey, what am I doing or what am I missing? Because, you know, what you might be missing, you know, with um, kicking, kicking really hard and extending your hips, you know, I might be missing something with my elbows or right. shoulders or, you know. So getting somebody to analyze yeah. that movement for you and then tell you where to go from there, I think um, would help a lot of people. Yeah, and just, just to throw this out there, we love that as coaches. Yes. Like, if you say, hey, Austin, will you watch this? I'll, yes, I would love to yeah. and give you the feedback you need. Um, sometimes uh, if we don't know you want something, we might not know you need it. Yeah. So make sure you just ask the coach for help. Because I, I know sometimes I come home and I'm like, babe, so-and-so asked me to help them with this. And it was like the highlight of that class for me because right. I got to specifically help somebody who wanted it. Um, you know, most people show up five to ten minutes early before the class or they hang out five to ten minutes after the class. Grab your coach then, you know, if you don't yeah. feel comfortable doing it while everybody's warming up or everybody's asking questions yeah. um, and then ask for help then because I, I would be glad to help. Okay. So then what? So then... Um, Let's say I get help and now you've looked at my kit uh -huh. and it's pretty good. Uh -huh. uh, what should I be thinking about when I do my kit and I'm doing my first workout with handstand push-ups? So... I would say is you want to make sure that you're, um, since you're just learning it, it's essentially like new practice for you, so you want to make sure you're practicing it well. Um, am I locking, am I truly locking out at the top of each rep, you know, sticking your head through, um, not just, you know, feeling like it's a lockout and then coming down really yeah. quick. Yeah, um, that's good. Making sure you're not falling off the wall, squeezing your butt really tight and keeping your core tight. Um, so when your feet hit the wall at the top of the rep, your elbows should be locked out at the same time. Right. I know you kind of preach that with the jerk. You know, your feet should be making noise as your elbows are locking out. I try to. I try to. <laughs> you do, babe. All right. And um, then um, same thing with the handstand push-up. Okay. So going back to what you said, people falling off the wall, uh -huh. uh, that's pretty common. So when you see someone doing handstand push-ups mm -hmm. i mean it's people that's been doing hand, handstand push-ups for years yeah. that still struggle with coming off the wall mm -hmm. uh, what advice do you have for him um that makes me think of a couple of things so keeping your core tight so squeezing your buns, buns. and buns yes <laughs> squeezing your butt and keeping your abs turned on um and then another thing is your head position so where are you looking in the handstand push-up? Um, if you're looking down at the mat, which is understandable because you're upside down and it's kind of a scary position, that's not the ideal head, head position. So it's gonna make your feet kind of topple over and you fall off the wall. Yeah, I have to agree with that. Most of the time I've seen people who struggle coming off the wall maybe they start out looking uh -huh. straight out like mm -hmm. behind them like staring at the wall but when they go to kind of grind that rip out when mm -hmm. they're trying to lock out for some reason they just kind of look down at the ground 
and they just kind of push through and usually they can get their elbows locked out as their feet are coming off the wall right. so yeah i agree it's it's I, I would say that's probably the biggest flaw is just people are looking down as they're locking out yeah think about you know when you're doing a shoulder press with the barbell you're not looking straight up at the ceiling um or at least we hope not we would <laughs> try to help you fix that you're looking straight out ahead so you want to do that when you're upside down also look straight out ahead yeah. and not and not down yeah. at the floor yeah um so and then the other thing you said a good lockout um what if i say i don't really have a good lockout or i think i am locking out and does that even matter of course you want to feel like you're doing a good rep you know yeah. and you don't ever want to get no ripped not that you know it's the open all of the time but you want to do things right um i assume so um when you're practicing your pike handstand push-ups yeah. you know you can kind of knock those out if if your strength is good um but make sure that you're sticking your head through at the end of the rip so your elbows are locked out before you go down and touch the floor again with your head um, you want to shift your weight back just a little bit so you can stick your head through your shoulders um, bringing your head closer to your body it's kind of like your your heels get a little bit closer to the ground when when you do that um, that mimics that lockout position up against the wall when you're doing a handstand push-up yeah I agree and you know how to say how you do anything is how you do everything yeah uh, if you do a pretty good job locking out on shoulder press and push press or whatever but you don't on handstand push-ups it's gonna go one way or the other you if you're not locking out very good on handstand push-ups meaning your elbows lock out your head sticks through your arms a little bit and you breathe out mm -hmm. then more than likely when you go to do a thruster or down the road you start doing push presses mm -hmm. you're not doing that on those movements too so uh, just be very conscious of that uh, it'll only help you be better and that's why you're there is to be better so uh, we're not impressed with your fast handstand push-ups if you're not locking out it, and it's not making you better so just stop slow down do it right and you'll sleep better and you'll sleep better <laughs> so any other advice you got for anybody um last thing i would say is is spend time practicing so the handstand push-up is a high skill movement in my opinion um, as yeah. well, you know, like double unders, muscle ups, pull ups. I mean, anything that requires some some skill and practice, you want to practice that. So that extra five to ten minutes you get there before the wad, or that extra five to ten minutes after the wad before you have to go home or go back to work. Um, spend time working on your handstand push ups. Whether you're working on getting stronger, um, working on just being upside down more, or being more efficient at your kip um it, it makes me think of evan who's about to leave us for college um since day one with brent he has practiced almost every movement i feel like um he's, yeah, he definitely. spends a little bit of extra time before the wad or after the wad um just practicing and that's the only way you're going to get better is if you if you want to get better at something you you've got to practice yeah, it yeah and it if you're one of those people where like you, you see other people doing really good um 
and you're like, I can't do that or I can't do it as good as them. Like you probably aren't practicing as much as that person did. Like um, even for myself, like I practice handstand push-ups. Like I'm I'm decent at them, yeah. but I, I also practice them, and I've been doing handstands for a very long time. So it's like right. it's not like I'm just got a natural ability to be really good at handstand push-ups. No, like it takes work. Yeah. So if you, there's something you want to get better, pull up, push up, uh, handstand push up, muscle up, whatever. Like you, you got to practice. Yeah. That's the only way anybody can do anything at the gym well is because they practice. Yeah. And then there's a saying or something. Uh, you say it all the time so I might butcher it because I don't say it all the time but I I hear you preach it Um, practice doesn't make perfect but perfect practice makes perfect there you go (laughs) so uh, that was pretty good 13 minutes Um, full disclosure we already recorded this but I forgot to plug in the microphone yeah Uh, but we did a lot better this time because uh, I think the last time we did this, it was like a 20-minute 20, 20 20 conversation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no content was missed. That's right. In this faster, quicker version. A, a, a more efficient version. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, thank you. Yes, thanks Let's for having me. Enjoy your time while uh, your son's asleep. Thank you. You too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, there's two more questions. Uh, that I, I think I'll answer. Uh, reason being, one of the questions is directly towards me, um, and that question is, how do I get swole like Austin? Uh, that, that was funny. Um, the other one is, um, and I think it kind of pertains, and I kind of answer it with the same answer, um, but the other question is, what is the best way to gain muscle while doing crossfit so back when i started crossfit uh, i had already been working out consistently i was doing you know your typical uh, weightlifting, and then i do some cardio uh, i literally did that five times a week um you know so keep that in mind i already had somewhat of a base before i started doing crossfit but i gain lean muscle mass by doing CrossFit. And I don't know, this goes against every meme you've ever seen uh, on the internet. But honestly, if you look at, if you go back to when CrossFit originated, um, back in like, or I guess if you start looking back in like maybe like 2008, 2009, 2010, especially look at some of the guys like Rich Froning, uh, Jason Kalipa, um, Chris Feeler, uh, any of those guys, um, including myself, when I got started, you'll see that we all look bigger. Um, we've all gained lean mass. Now, are we bigger? I don't know, but we're definitely leaner. Um, and, uh, or, you know, I say bigger, I mean way more. I don't technically weigh more. I might weigh a little less, but I look bigger than I used to. Um, and that, that's a couple things. Um, mostly it's, it's been consistency. Um, that's been the biggest thing for me. Uh, I, I mean, honestly, probably the most days I've ever missed working out since I was in college back in like 2005 is like four days. Um, that's probably 
and I might be exaggerating I don't know but uh, I'm I, I'm very consistent um, I hardly ever miss workouts uh, that's one thing but two um, I'm also always consistent with post-workout regimen um, like I will drink a progenic shake after every single workout like if I don't it's because I forgot it or I'm about to eat something um, so uh, and I do that after every single workout um, another thing I like to do is uh, I will choose to get stronger or lift heavier if given the option so I've always had a desire to get stronger and be able to lift heavier uh, I think everybody wants their winter maxes of everything go up uh, I don't think anybody doesn't but it's been uh, a desire of mine so I'm working to I was, or I have always been working towards that more so than uh, uh, some people I think and I think that attributes to uh, gaining the lean mass because I'm willing to lift heavier if I sacrifice intensity just a little bit so what I mean by that is um, if you know at CrossFit Wilson we do you know an RX version of the workout and then we also have the mutant version of the workout which is kind of more extreme usually it's heavier uh, or more reps things like that so I will tend to choose mutant over RX because I know I will lift heavier and there's some science behind that um, as far as like lean mass and or, or gaining lean mass and things like that with work to rest ratios and things like that but more than likely the heavier you lift in a workout your work to rest ratio might be more favorable towards gaining lean mass um, than the RX if your intensity is really super high uh, but not to get super sciencey on that there's just there's just some uh, just some fundamentals about uh, work to rest ratios and things like that uh, that can be a little more biased towards gaining lean mass uh, so I tend to do that um, and, and, and a side note it's a scientific fact you're going to lose muscle mass over time so like um, by the time I'm 60 I'm not going to have as much lean mass as I do right now so why not try to gain as much as possible to prevent and so by the time I'm 80 maybe I still have a lot for an 80 year old so uh, that's just a little side note that's that's at least my plan for my future hopefully um, so basically I am consistent with my workouts I usually choose to lift heavy I'm consistent with my post-workout regimen um, and you know the bigger picture of things is what's done on a daily basis you know you can't just eat whatever you want and gain lean mass now you can eat whatever you want and gain mass but that's more um, and I might ruffle some feathers here it's like that's more like a body's bodybuilder mentality it's like they eat a lot so they can put on a lot and then they cut before show so like for us if we put on a lot we'll suffer in workouts like if I was trying to quote-unquote bulk I would get heavy 
of course I'll gain some lean mass, but I also will gain some fat mass, which I ain't down for that. You know, I want to be able to take off my shirt at any time of the year. You know, of course during the winter I'm going to be white, but that's okay. But I, I still want to be lean. Um, and also when you do gymnastics movements and workouts and you're bulking, it's just it's never fun. You don't want to be heavy on the rings, on the pull-up bar, things like that. It's just it's just not fun. So. Um, I then lost my train of thought. Oh, I remember. It was basically what's done on a daily basis. So, eating whole foods, like literally like meats, vegetables, fruits. Um, it, the more of that you eat in your diet, the more it's just going to be lean body mass. And I always, I try my best to get around one gram. Um, of protein per pound of body weight so I'm look I usually get around you know I'm usually around 210 215 I'm usually getting somewhere around that many grams of protein a day um, that's the goal it doesn't always happen but I try to consistently do something like that um, so every meal involves a protein uh, generally meat breakfast is eggs bacon um, things like that and then I add my carb source on top of that and of course fat source so um, just eat whole foods consistently work out lift heavy only if your form is right you throw that out there if you can't do a clean or a snatch properly you're not gonna fix it when you start lifting heavy uh, there's videos of me I wish some of you guys could see it doing power clean snatches is just bad <laughs> uh, this is back in the day when like YouTube videos weren't out there instructional videos and things like that I was basically trying to learn all this stuff on my own um, and it was it was bad and I didn't get it right until I went back I like literally just started with the barbell started moving with the bar until I felt like that was correct and then I move up a little bit like I would practice cleans like squat cleans with 95 pounds um, if I don't do it right with 95 pounds definitely not gonna do it right with 195 pounds and if I attempt to 95 it's not even gonna be close if I can't do it right with 95 pounds so uh, with that being said just make sure you can do the weight good before you start trying to lift heavy uh, and with good technique consistently good technique throughout the workout before you start adding the heavy loads into your workout so make sure you get that first because you can't lift heavy if you're hurt I mean that's just what it comes down to so lift right lift heavy eat whole foods have a consistent post-workout routine and just get in the gym as much as possible that's what's worked for me Hopefully you guys were able to take away something from these questions uh, to help you along your fitness journey. Thank you for listening and we will talk to you next time.